Caitlin Kramer is a master's student at the Center for Metropolitan Studies at the Technical University of Berlin. Her background is in cultural studies and art history, which she studied at Humboldt University, again in Berlin. She has continued to focus her research on metropolitan areas, on urban culture and urban environmental history, and her master's thesis is on city-river relationships, focusing especially on Berlin. Caitlin's research examines how engagement with open water is a key feature of the city's psyche, past, present, and into the future. Caitlin Kramer, welcome to Swimming Pod. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Caitlin, your research in urban studies has focused on the relationships that exist between city and the river. How did your interest in this come about? Um, my research focuses on urban waters, um, rivers in particular, and their historic and contemporary entanglements um, with the city and its people arose from my interest in public space, public nature, space in particular, and ecological role in urban settings. In a seminar that I took on the environment uh, as a political issue in the city, I came across the Citizens Initiative Flussbad River Baths Berlin, which aims to make the Spree Canal in central Berlin swimmable again. And this got me thinking about post-industrial water spaces. Like like rivers and harbors and the ecological condition and accessibility to the urban community. So your work places Berlin center stage. How do Berliners relate to their urban water bodies, the rivers and the lakes? Berlin, as you know, um, has an extensive lake district in and around the city. There are also some of the two rivers, the Spree and the Havel, um, and multiple canals. So water is something you don't have to look hard to find in Berlin. The river Spree actually enters Berlin in the southeast and flows through the large lake, the Müggelsee, a great open swimming uh, lake, by the way. <laughs> and the Spree then meanders its way from the east of the city through to the through the city center to the west towards its confluence with the Hafer and the lakes in the west. The Hafer River can even be described as linking multiple lakes in the west of Berlin. So Berlin really has a lot of uh, lakes, especially on the outskirts, and most of the lakes have um, seemingly natural banks and offer easy public access. This luckily is a condition um, also due to the efforts of Martin Wagner. Uh, who was an influential Berlin town planner during the Weimar era in the first half of the 20th century. He successfully uh, developed men's pressure around the shorelines of the lakes, which would have restricted public access. This accessibility that people enjoy around the lakes until today is unfortunately not only seldom the case along the River Spree. The industrial architecture and canal structure keeps the distance between the river and the city, especially in the city center. But nevertheless, people seek proximity to the river and if possible they enjoy walking along the canal um, or just sit on the canal walls but swimming in the spree is unfortunately not yet possible um, it is still strictly prohibited due to the health and safety risks but hopefully this will change in the near future i've been tempted to swim in the river spree before but was worried about being prosecuted how do people interact with the different water bodies the lakes and the rivers in different parts of the city On some parts of the Spree in Berlin, tourist boats are almost the only human use of the river. Um, in some designated areas, uh, people can use pedal boats and do stand-up paddling or kayaking, rowing or sailing. But the practice of swimming as an actual interaction with the water until now is only possible in most of the lakes and the Hafer River, but not in the Spree River. So good that you didn't uh, jump into the Spree. The water quality is not very good. So, And this practice is also fine if, if seen. <laughs> 
So you're a swimmer, I know. How do you prefer to swim? I am an enthusiastic swimmer. I enjoy it a lot, but I'm not a strong swimmer. Um, sometimes I challenge myself by swimming uh, to the other side of a lake, but most of the time I just enjoy being immersed in the water body. It gives me the feeling of being part of the landscape and being part of nature, which humans naturally, of course, are, but what is often set apart from one another, especially in urban settings. Concerning seasonality, um, of course, every season has its advantages and essential uniqueness, but I guess my favorite season for swimming is spring. The water body then is still cold from winter, very refreshing and it really wakes up one's senses. I always need a bit of willpower for my first swims in April and May, but it's always worth it. I haven't tried swimming in the winter months yet, but I plan to give it a try next winter. Have you started swimming this year already? I haven't, unfortunately. I'm longing for it. <laughs> so can you describe the open water swimming scene in Berlin now? Um, yeah, the open water swimming scene in Berlin is very diverse. People of all ages swim in the lakes and the Hafel River. Um, it does, however, of course, um, depend on the seasons and on the time of day. You go to the open water swimming areas, but uh, early in the morning, um, for example, it is a bit quieter and the average um, age rises a little. But in the afternoon and at weekends, um, you have a lot of families, school kids and young adults as well. Although swimming can be defined as an individualistic sport, um, it is nevertheless very social and also unites people. On hot summer days in Berlin, everybody flocks uh, to the lakes in town and on the out city outskirts um, or outside of Berlin in Brandenburg. On the winter months, on the other hand, there are also some ice swimming clubs in Berlin um, where the members meet up to the go swimming together in the icy water of Berlin's lakes. There has been a lot of interest in joining these clubs recently. Um, especially last winter, there was a huge rise in popularity of ice swimming in Berlin. I think the COVID situation um, also played its part here in that people are seeking entertainment and adrenaline kicks in the local outdoor surroundings. But this winter, the conditions were also very good. The temperatures actually went well below zero so many days for many days. So the lakes were even frozen over uh, temporarily. There was a rise of winter swimming in the UK also, I think, because of COVID-19. The temperature doesn't get so low here as it does for you, but extraordinarily popular, this winter swimming. And I also recall meeting a group in Slovenia when I went to the Winter Swimming Championships of the Brandenburg Bears, they called themselves, who were amazing people with polar bear hats and so on. I once saw a, a man uh, ice swimming in Riga, And it was really, really cold, like minus 10 degrees, something like that. That is very heroic. Yes. <laughs> There are many, many lakes you can swim in and use in other ways in Berlin and around Berlin. Can you describe some of your favorite places? Yes, happily. There really are a lot of beautiful lakes in and around Berlin, and it's hard to decide. Um, I grew up in the southwest of Berlin, um, near the lakes Krummelanke and Schlachtensee. So these were the lakes of my childhood and early youth. They are beautiful lakes and Schlachensee especially has a great public transport connection. This, however, also means that it gets very crowded and on warmer days. Having moved close to the city center, my regular swimming spots have changed since then. Um, my favorite places for swimming in Berlin now are actually along the Hafer River in the west of Berlin um, with a view of the Grunewald, the city forest across the river. Um, there's also a very uh, lovely bike path that runs along the Hafer River through allotment garden areas and woodlands and open park-like areas with multiple little bays and easy access to the water. Uh, I very much enjoy swimming there. 
And I also like going to the Große Klinikersee, which is quite close to the Hafe. And it also has some smaller swimming spots away from the more populated areas around the lake. Actually, the border between former East and West Germany used to go straight through the Lake Große Klinike. So I do make a special effort of swimming across to the other side here, <laughs> just because I can. There's also a nice bike route that connects the north of Berlin with the lakes in the southwest of the city. It is almost like a biking and skating highway uh, going through the Grunewald. Unfortunately, it runs parallel to the motorway, um, so one shouldn't breathe in too deeply. The Wannsee in the southwest has, of course, its famous Strandbad Wannsee, which has a large sandy beach area. Actually, the sands came from the Baltic Sea coast of Germany, which I think is a, a strange image, but there are also more hidden spots. Uh, for example, one I like to go with a view of the Fauninsel. As you might have noticed, uh, I really enjoy combining my swimming outings with longish bike tours. Um, so the accessibility of the swimming spots by bike is important to me, preferably uh, with a bike-friendly route and some scenic views along the way. And after some kilometers of biking, I can then reward myself by dipping and swimming in the open waters. You've mentioned some very historical places for, for swimming in Berlin. The city, of course, is full of history. So what is the history of open water swimming in Berlin? Um, yeah, the history of open water swimming in Berlin actually differs between the River Spree and the lake. In the 19th century, river baths popped up all over Europe, um, as was the case in Berlin, where there were many river baths along the Spree. This was a phenomenon of the 19th century, where river baths were a quick uh, and cheap way of providing bathing facilities um, and promoting body hygiene for the masses during the rapid industrialization and urbanization in Berlin. The main aims of the river baths were hygiene and health. Um, important to note is that the river baths were shielded off from public view. Interestingly enough, at the same time, free swimming in rivers and lakes and public um, meaning outside of the bathing structures was considered inappropriate and dangerous to the extent that it was actually forbidden. This then changed in 1907 when Prussia decided to give an official permit for public open water swimming and opened up the Strandbad Wannsee in Berlin that I mentioned. This can be considered as the beginning of an open water swimming revolution in Prussia. In comparison to the river baths along the Spree, the focus here was set more on the recreational aspects of swimming. So how has the city-river relationship in Berlin changed since the 19th century to the present day? Um, Berlin's city-river relationship in the late 19th century was definitely characterized by industrialization and urbanization. Um, the river baths represented an existing connection between the river and urban society in everyday life. However, with the increasing industrial use of rivers as transport routes and as natural sinks for domestic and industrial waste, um, rivers like the Spree became heavily polluted to the extent that swimming in the river was not an option anymore. Um, river baths were, as a result, closed down in the early 20th century, and urban society turned their backs on the river, as they did in many other urban industrial hubs across Europe and beyond. Um, Berlin city-river relationship has the added complication of the Cold War situation, where parts of the Spree and more central areas of Berlin were actually part of the border between East and West Berlin with the border installations underwater. Some people fleeing the GDR tried their luck in escaping by swimming across the river um, and were shot. Perhaps this is also a further explanation of why Berliners turned their back on the river, especially in the city center. I think it is also interesting to think about the river as urban nature and at the same time as a specific site of the Cold War here in Berlin. 
Um, the river was made into a border. The bridges were made into checkpoints, um, but the water of the Spree continued to flow um, from the east to the west of the city unhindered. Despite reunification and the advanced deindustrialization uh, to this day, it is forbidden to swim in the Spree River. Uh, this is due to safety issues and pollution from an insufficient sewage system. Um, and these are architectural and ecological conditions that are strongly influenced by a city river relation from the industrial past. Um, luckily, things are changing. Berlin and post-industrial cities across the world are now uh, rediscovering their urban motorways. You wrote an article entitled Swimming in the City. What is the major take-home message from this? From my article Swimming in the City, uh, where I write about the urban river swimming as spatial appropriation in the Spreekanal in central Berlin, um, I think the most important message is that swimming in the city can be a space of enunciation. It can transform uh, space and raise awareness of and create visibility for urban nature and its ecological condition and accessibility. There are plans to transform some of these urban relationships by opening up open water swimming right in the heart of the city at the Museum Island. This is the Flussberg Berlin project. It's a very exciting scheme and you know a lot about it. Can you describe it? Yes, it is um, a really interesting project that brings uh, together many different aspects of urban life, um, historical, cultural, political, social and environmental and ecological aspects. The Flussbad Berlin project is led by a citizens initiative that seeks to make the Spreekanal in central Berlin swimmable again. The Spreekanal actually runs along the museum's island separate from the main Spree. They aim to uh, make it swimmable again by improving the water quality and ecological balance of the Spree Canal and by providing the river bath infrastructures so that people can swim through the historic center of Berlin. Um, the specific site in the city center at the museum's island is linked to the former river baths from the early 20th century along the Spree. So the project also links to Berlin's history of swimming in the Spree. This project puts the river and its ecological condition and accessibility onto Berlin's um, political agenda and prioritizes um, the connection between the modernization of the wastewater infrastructure and the resulting benefits for the environment and for urban society. I think getting close to and experiencing urban water can raise the awareness for its ecological condition. The central perception of water as an urban nature space and immersing the, one's body into the natural landscape can make one more attentive towards the environment and it encourages reflection on society's relationship to nature. I would even go as far as to say open water swimming can be a form of environmental education. Green space and public space in central Berlin is scarce and contested, so the Spree Canal as newly accessible public space would also contribute to more environmentally just um, cities. So it is also about the right to the city or the right to the river, if you like, who is allowed to shape the city center in what way, what is welcome and what is not welcome. And the practice of swimming and urban river swimming can actually also be one um, of spatial appropriation and of reclaiming public liquid space. Swimming can work as a way of participating and of actually practicing public space, I think. There's a lot of resonance for this in what we do in Oxford and around Oxford because there's a, a lot of uh, appropriation of liquid space and it's rapidly increasing. So what yeah, are the... <laughs> 
What are the broader implications of the project for, for urban river swimming? Um, the Flussbad Berlin project is a part of a global movement um, of post-industrial cities that are turning towards their urban waters. Um, and there are many in emerging or existing urban river swimming initiatives around the world. Just to name a few, for example, um, the harbour baths in Copenhagen that have been in operation since the early 2000s. Um, the efforts of Thames Bath project in London, um, the Plus Pool in New York. And of course, the many urban open water swimming opportunities that Swiss cities um, like Basel and Zurich provide. The cities and projects may have differing agendas, but what they all have in common is that they challenge a hegemonic understanding of cities' relationships to their urban water bodies. Uh, they give society a way of rethinking their urban rivers. Um, the visions and lived practice of urban river swimming, I think, can provide a counter-narrative of more balanced city-river relationship and might even enable a step towards a more ecological and sustainable society. It's astonishing how cities turned their backs on the rivers in the early 20th century and, and now they're finding them again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Caitlin Kramer, thank you so much for taking part in Swimming Pod. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for having me. Have you done that swim in Copenhagen where they, they have a competition swim? In, in August. So many people do it. 2,000 people do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also a very interesting what in the other parts of um, Europe with, with Switzerland and other German cities that are also in, in Hamburg, one can um, swim in the Elbe River. <laughs> <laughs>